The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this day after election day. (laughs) Dystopian nightmare is what I've been calling it. Wow. Talk about some stressful few hours. You know, last night was, was not easy sleeping for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people, too you know, just in that, in that weird mode, right? You know, I mean, we're going to be talking a little bit about energy and how that makes us feel today and just, you know, crazy energy going on today. That's for sure. So we're going to try to lighten the mood, you know, a little bit on the show today and, you know, hopefully you guys will enjoy it and, and get, you know, get some great information out of it because I think it's something that could be really beneficial and help us with what we're going through right now. And, you know, I'm still, I'm positive. I'm hopeful of what's going to be happening, you know, over the next week or so. And I actually broke out my daily word for today. And the word is hope for November 4th. I am hopeful and positive. I begin this day with gratitude. (laughs) So I was grateful that I was able to, you know, get it together and get out of bed today. So at any rate, welcome, welcome to the show. This is going to be a lot of fun to talk about moving some energy around your house using feng shui. I mean, we can all try to make ourselves feel better. So we're going to get some great tips today, some ways that we can make some actual shifts with moving the energy around. My guest today is an expert on feng shui and clutter clearing. Darina Kors is called the space doula. I love that. You know, a doula bringing forth giving birth, helping people give birth to new opportunities and new possibilities. That's such a cool name. Darina is a certified feng shui and space clearing practitioner, and she works with clients to shift the energy in their spaces and help them root out what's keeping them from living the life of their dreams. So I want to welcome Darina to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we have a few connections that I'd love to mention. I love how things are kind of, you know, synchronistic, six degrees of separation, which, you know, is often the case in in this world that we're in. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I was introduced to you from a great person and a a longtime friend to Unity, John Harold Moore, who's an amazing life coach, minister, an all-around good guy, and former Prince Charming at Disney. (laughs) 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 I I love that. And he looks like... He looks the part, too. You know, it's a very good-looking guy. So he told me, hey, you've got to have Darina on your show. So I went to your website, and then I also see that you studied with an old friend of mine who's also a Unity Online Radio host, Denise Lynn. So there's some really cool, um, you know, connections here. So I'm really glad you could come on the show. So 
how did you first get interested in feng shui and, and clutter clearing and then actually going on to study with Denise? Um, it's been it's been an interesting journey. I, I often say that I feel like I I was born to do this. Um, I look at astrology and, you know, I have a cancer um, sun sign and a cancer rising and, and some Virgo. And so I just like it is in my bones to work um, in homes and, and to create that nurturing feeling. Um, I also grew up in a fairly chaotic household and had very little control. And I found that in my, my room and moving furniture around, I could actually feel better. And so I would play with it. And probably eight or nine years old, I'm like shoving my bed from one side of the room to the other. So that was really the beginning. Um, and then fast forward, oh gosh, probably 30 years. Um, and after a stint in corporate America, I went back to my love of homes. I was, uh, I went into the interior decorating business. I got frustrated because everybody wanted to make things look pretty. And I was like, well, wait, like there's clutter here. Uh, from there, I became a certified um, a professional organizer. And I was, continued to be frustrated because people were still wanting to arrange things and I was like no there's things that need to leave and I couldn't get to the resistance I couldn't figure out um, I talk about it like under the iceberg you know where the majority of an iceberg is underneath the water like our subconscious and I kept trying to figure out what could unlock people's resistance and that's where feng shui um, comes in and when I um, I connected with Denise well, she's the best. I mean, she came into the office that I was working at and did a whole clearing and energy, you know, space clearing in the building. And you could feel the difference, mm -hmm. you know, from before and after. It was really amazing. And, and she's such a great teacher. And she does a show on Mondays here, Mystic Cafe, if people are interested. But she's been doing this work for so long. And I was doing a little bit of research, and I wasn't aware that feng shui has really been around forever, like 3,500 years. And mm -hmm. it was really, you know, kind of developed even before the invention of the magnetic compass. It originated in Chinese astronomy. I thought, oh, well, that's so cool. And I've always been attracted to feng shui because, you know, it incorporate so many things that I'm interested in myself, you know, like you're interested in homes and design. And I love that kind of stuff. And I love, you know, sniffing out just the right thing to put in your, you know, put in your space. And I, I love that stuff. So I've, I've always been really interested in feng shui. And I know people are really skeptical about the ability of feng shui to really bring about some change. But I'm, I've always thought energy is real. I mean, you know, obviously we're, we're energetic beings, right? We're watery mm -hmm. beings. We're affected by the energy around us and the full moon and things like that. So I think it's so interesting when you're able to move things around where you're comfortable. And I mean, we've all walked in rooms where you just don't feel right, you know, or you just don't feel or a room that, oh, this is just, you know, so wonderful and comfortable. I could just stay here forever. So I think we were definitely aware of, of that kind of energy. But I was curious in your work, if you could share a success story or two from a client that was maybe skeptical at first and then was just blown away by the results. 
Um, yeah, there's there's so many. And I think, you know, a lot of times when somebody's when they are skeptical about energy, I'll, you know, I'll talk about just, you know, when you meet somebody and you have that like, oh, I want to hang out with them or I want to talk to them. And then there's people that you meet and you're like, oh, you know, you take a step back and say, you know, perhaps not spend so much time with them. That's energy, right? That's their energy. And it's the same way in our homes. Um, I think the most, probably the most impactful story um, was one of my very first experiences. And I don't know that she was necessarily skeptical, but um, it wasn't anything she had experienced before. Because I tend to work with people who, who tend to be more open, that's who tends to gravitate. But in this particular instance, um, it was, I, I'm going to say that I was the one who was skeptical because she was my first client. And um, I said to my mentor at the time, my teacher, I said, I had uncovered something in her home and I had uncovered it energetically. So I had used a process um, like space clearing to look for items within the house that had negative energy that were heavy and I used a pendulum to do this in her floor plan and what I uncovered before I even went to her house is that there was a purse sitting underneath her bed and that purse was holding her back and I remember saying to my mentor I'm like if there's a purse underneath her bed I will never doubt myself again and she just kind of smiled at me and and we went to the, the home and I was um, looking around and I was offering some feng shui recommendations and we get to her bedroom. Um, and not only did I say that it was going to be a purse, I had actually tapped into the fact that it was gonna be a red purse. And so we get to the bedroom and I'm tripping over my words um, by asking her what's underneath her bed. And um, she finally, you know, I say, okay, I, I think there's a red purse under your bed holding you back. And so she bends down and she reaches underneath her bed and she pulls out a bin and it was full of purses and she opens it as she opened up the lid of the bin she says oh my goodness and she picks up this red purse this patent leather shiny red purse and she said this is from a, a time in my life um, that I'm ashamed of that I made choices that I'm not happy with, that I wouldn't make the same choices again. And we never went into grand detail about it. She gave me permission to share her story. Um, but one of the things that she said as an aside, we always set our intention before, when we start working together, we always set the intention. And she said her intention was to have a more close-knit family um, and a better relationship with her husband. And this red purse represented a time in her life um, with another another person another partner and again she when she said um that she, she actually before i was even i was scheduled to come back um later on that day and she had already gotten rid of the purse as well as other items associated with that period of her life and she texted me about two weeks later and she said you can't believe how things have shifted um in my life since then wow you spot on with the red yeah, purse that's it was, amazing it was that one just of those makes me times think that I'm was in, uh, 
<laughs> I'm in trouble with all the junk that I have. I'll, I'll have to, uh, you know, call you after the show <laughs> for some <laughs> to help with this. But that, so that brings up an interesting question. So, you know, obviously that purse was holding on to some negative energy for her. So mm-hmm. I like to thrift and garage sale and, and buy stuff. So I should stay away from like dolls or things like that, <laughs> you know, is it, can that really hold negative energy, things like that? Objects? They, every, like everything has energy, right? And so every object, every belonging um, in your home um, has the power to increase your energetic vibration or decrease it. But it's really, um, so if I picked up that red purse, it may or may not have negative energy to me. But it does to her because of the association with it. So there are different things that affect the energy of an object, and some of it is our association with it. So certainly things in a thrift store, depending upon who had them before, um, wood tends to hold a lot of energy. So from antique stores like wood furniture, that and it, let's say it was in an environment that was toxic, then yes, if you bring that into your house, it can bring the energy down in your home. Wow, that's interesting. And is the, I mean, I've heard of saging and and I've done Mm -hmm. that in the past when I go into spaces. So if I bought, you know, a desk or a piece of furniture from an antique store or thrift store, would you suggest to do that, to sage it? Yeah, there's definitely, you know, different things that you can do um, uh, with different items. So like, let's say it is a wooden desk. I probably would use sound instead, you know, like the sound from a drum or a bell to clear that as opposed to sage, but but certainly you can, let's say it's clothing, you know, and sometimes it's it doesn't need to be so complicated. So let's say you picked up a sweatshirt from the thrift store that you fell in love with. It literally, it could be washing it, right? It, it doesn't need to be, um, sometimes it's really just cleaning it and pouring your own energy into something that your own love and connecting with it. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Now, I was looking over your website before the interview today, and your website says change your space, create momentum. So what you're really trying to do is spark, you know, movement with people, right? So if they're stagnant in a job or stagnant in a relationship, you you really want to get people to you know, create forward motion, right? So is that what yes. you mean by that? Create momentum? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Because so many of us feel stuck. Um, and it, sometimes it's hard to identify, and that's where feng shui comes in. Like the beauty of it is, in feng shui, we have what's called the Bagua map, and the Bagua map is an energy map. It looks like a tic-tac-toe board, and uh, every area within the Bagua map relates to an area of your life, and when we overlay that on your floor plan, then we can see what area of your home relates to what area of your life. So... For example, if you're standing at your door, we orient this map off your front door. So if you're standing looking into your home, like as if you're gonna walk into your front door, the back right corner of your home is related to your relationships. It's associated with your relationship. The back left is your wealth. And then there's, there's seven other areas. But when we know that, it will help us see where there's stuck energy. So if you tell me, hey, I'm really feeling stuck in my relationship, I can look in that area of your house and see, like, shift the energy there to help shift the energy in your relationship. And you've seen some real success with that, too, right? I have. I have. Um, 
And sometimes it's not always where we think it's going to be. So for instance, I had a client once who, who called me up and she's like, during, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and she said like, money is not flowing. And so I went over to, I work virtually, but I also um, work in people's homes and pre-COVID more so. So I went to her house and I look at the room that's associated with wealth. And it was all of these, um, she had recently gotten married and her wife had moved into, into the space and this was a guest room and put all of her stuff there. But it was stuff that she didn't use and she just, it became a little bit of a dumping ground of like misfit toys. And um, my client said, well, I can't move this. She doesn't want to get rid of any of this. She doesn't want to move it. She doesn't want to organize it. So when I can't do anything there, but I could start feeling that their uh, relationship, there wasn't clear communication. So then I jump over to the relationship area of the home. And in the relationship area of their home, there was two stars on the wall. One was very small, like metal, like those metal stars that you might see. Oh, yeah. One was very, one was very small and one was very big. So right there, I was like, oh, I see the imbalance that one felt, um, I'm going to use the word louder than the other, right? That one felt like they could speak up more than the other. So I suggested some changes there to, um, so that felt more balanced in terms of the relationship. But then I went to the area of the home that's known as inner knowledge. That's our knowledge about ourselves. And lo and behold, a lot of what I do is intuitive. Um, there was a painting in that room. It happened to be their bedroom. There was a painting on the wall and it, it didn't feel like it fit. Like um, it was like a sore thumb, right? It just, it, something was off about it. So I'm like, hey, tell me about that. And she said, oh, my ex painted that for me. And so then we could have the conversation about what was it that she was holding on to in her previous relationship that she didn't have in her current marriage and then and then shifting that taking that down so it opened this whole other world that she hadn't even thought about wow you know that brings a a question up where because you were working with a couple and you know how do you do that when people have such completely different tastes you know like she must have liked that one picture for some reason or or she had it up there i mean i'm just thinking my my husband and i we have similar taste where we'll agree on certain some things in artwork or something like that but he has a very distinct taste and there's things that I like like I tend to like more you know kitschy stuff or things that are funny or you know commercial kind of old advertising or things like that and those are things that he hates like <laughs> I mean, so how do you work with a couple in, in that situation to bring harmony if they are completely on separate pages right well typically like in this case it wasn't necessarily like it was a like they both liked it you know it, it wasn't actually the painting it was the end for in this case it was the energy behind it and why she was holding on to something that energetically a former partner had had done so there was a connection an emotional connection there but a lot of times um what i do tell clients when there's a disagreement and this isn't necessarily about the the decorative aspect of it but a lot of times when um, somebody will come to me they'll be like my spouse holds on to everything or my kids have stuff everywhere and they point their fingers a lot to 
other people's stuff and that they won't let go of it and they have all this clutter. And my answer is always to do your own work. Because right, you can't pointing our change people. Exactly. Exactly. You can't change somebody else. You can't control somebody else. You can't throw somebody else. I mean, you can throw somebody else's stuff out, but that's not cool. So when I find like frequently is that when somebody looks back at themselves, like in this case, in the example that I told you, she was so focused on look at all this stuff she has in here that's creating clutter. But really what the, um, the linchpin was, was letting go of that one painting. So where she came back and looked at herself and said, oh, look, I'm still holding on to this past relationship. And it was amazing that once that left, it was like this domino effect. So I really right. encourage people to come back to themselves and relentlessly, unapologetically uh, look at what they're holding on to. Well, there must have been a real shift when mm -hmm. she was able to let go of that piece. And mm -hmm. it, it just makes me think, you know, I mean, we've all seen that show Hoarders and how people become so attached to their stuff and how we're so into consuming, you know, like we, we're buying and acquiring and consuming all of this stuff. And then when you finally get to a point where you feel overloaded and then you do get rid of it, oh, it's like, wow, you know, the difference, that shift in energy is, is so incredible. And mm -hmm. is it hard sometimes when you're working with people that, I mean, have you ever had to work with, you know, a quote hoarder or, you know, people that really just didn't want to get rid of stuff? I, well, I have, I've actually worked with, um, a true hoarder and the definition of like somebody who you, I literally had to create a little pathway through the home <laughs> to, to a table. Cause I was just helping with her paperwork. And when something's to that degree, um, I quickly learned that was not my expertise when it becomes that massive, because then there's, uh, they really need to be working side by side with somebody, um, a therapist, as well as somebody in the decluttering world. Um, but what happens, what I find when I bring feng shui to it, so when we're talking about somebody's just really holding on to something and they're like, ah, oh, I don't want to let it go, it's, I love this, but when I can lay the Bagua map over their home and I can make the connection between an object and their life, and when they set the intention of like, I want to feel more abundance, and when they can literally physically see an object getting in the way of that, it's so much easier to let it go. Right. And someone with that situation, like a, a true hoarder situation, like you described, I mean, that, that does take more, that's when you have to call in like the real professionals, you know, exactly. like the real, <laughs> you know, someone that can really help them with whatever the other issues are, you know, underlying that. But that show always freaks me out. I just, I can't imagine people being in those enclosed situations and just being surrounded by all that stuff. And and I think as you get older and you go through a couple of moves that you learn to let go of things because you just, you don't want to move it. It's just too much, it's too much of a hassle. Although I still have yeah. to work on my book, you know, my book fetish. <laughs> I need to get rid of those because moving those 
is, is always a hassle. I'm talking with Darina Kors, the space doula. And if you had a question or you wanted to join us, um, we're going to take a short break in a few minutes, but you can always give us a call at 816-251-3555 to jump in here on the conversation. So in your experience in, in doing this work, can anybody experience great change no matter what their living space, even if they're in like a studio, if they're not in a house? Yeah. Yes. Like, absolutely. It doesn't matter. Like I actually, (laughs) I was actually on the phone with a client yesterday who, um, she's going to go on the road. Um, and she just bought a ambulance that she's converting into like a tiny house. And, and we feng shuied her, um, her new living space, you know, on wheels. So it's, it's really, I look at when you shift the energy, we look at subtracting what do you need to get rid of what do you need to shift you know maybe there's something that works in one space of your house but not another and then what do you need to add so no matter how big or small the space is you can always go through those three those three steps and would you say is i mean can you is that a specialty of yours i guess you know like can you really help people with small spaces because you know a lot of people are in apartments and it, it's hard to make the best use of, of what you have. Do you like to do that? Oh, I do. I have, you know, it's, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it uh, before. Um, but yeah, I just, I was on the phone today with a client who has a tiny house, not on wheels, but a tiny house. And it's just, it's really about being super, super intentional then. Because a lot of times what my clients will say is like, oh, I have this space. I'll throw it in the basement. And in feng shui, the basement is our subconscious. It's related to our subconscious. So, or they'll say, I'm going to throw it in the attic and the attic is related to our future. So when they're like, well, I'm not using this. I'm just going to throw it downstairs or upstairs. I'm like, oh no, no, it's not, you know, it's going to clog up other areas of your life. Um, And so when you're in a tiny space, there's not the room to do that. Right. So you've, like you said, you've got to be real intentional or, you know, plan mm-hmm. things out, what, what you're going to do. So one of the things that you do when I was looking on your site is you have a house whispering session. So you go in and, you know, kind of get the lay of the land of, of the place. So could you share what happens in that, in that situation, in the house whispering session? Mm-hmm. So I, it surprises people typically because they're like, okay, let me show you your house, my house. Um, and I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> we're going to talk. And we sit in conversation for half hour, 45 minutes. And I really get to know them and I want to hear about their life. And I, I tell them ahead of time, like, I'm going to be asking you questions and you're going to be like, why in the world do you want to know that? Yeah. But I'm, I'm literally just gathering information and I'm taking all that information and I'm filtering it through the lens of the Bagua map and their home. So I listen, I listen to where they're feeling stuck. Where do they want their life to feel more amplified or more expansive? And I listen to how they describe their space, which is fascinating. Um, You know, I had, and your tuition really comes into play, right? I mean, you're really Mm -hmm. tuning into that person and, and their space and, and where they are, what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really, it's, it is fascinating when you hear people describe a space um, and you know what area of their life it's associated with because like I'm already looking at the Bagua map and their floor plan. So as they're talking about 
um, this area that just has stupid cabinets and they don't work. I'm sitting here looking that this happens to be um, their ancestral family area, you know. So, so right. then I start digging into it in questions. A, in a different way. We're going to mm-hmm. take a short break. We'll be right back chatting more with Darina Kors. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me after the break. I'm having a great conversation here with the space doula, Dorina Kors. And no, we're not talking about election results. <laughs> we're totally blowing over that whole thing today and talking about moving energy around and making our spaces feel better. And also, you know, maybe bringing in some more abundance, a new relationship and some other things in the process. And Dorina is an expert in feng shui and clutter clearing. And let's uh, go to the phone. We're getting some calls in and see what Dorina can help some people with. So welcome to the show. Let me grab the call here. Hey, Elaine, can you hear me? Yes. Uh-huh. Hi, Hi, welcome to the show. You're on with Dorina today. Hi there, Dorina. This is Elaine. Um, I hope you're enjoying your visit there. <laughs> Yeah, oh, thank well, you. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what what was your question? Okay, um, you, when you mentioned using a pendulum with feng shui, I was very curious. Is that something that someone who's used a pendulum before can use to help use feng shui in their home on their own, or is it something you have to have a lot of practice to do, or just how do you go about doing it? Yeah. So the process that I use. Um, and it is, it's, you know, if you're already comfortable using a pendulum, then absolutely. So, and it, this actually isn't necessarily a feng shui practice, but it is more an energetic. So it's, it's around the energy. So what I do is um, I have somebody hand draw their floor plan. So let's say you wanted to do this in your own home and you wanted to say like, hey, is there something in my house that's heavy? Like I'm not necessarily picking up on it but I want to use I want to use this intuitive process to do it so you would draw out the floor plan of your home and then I literally um, use the pendulum and I place it over each room and I ask in I ask the question about is there something in the space that is holding negative energy and then um, the pendulum depending upon which way it swings like I connected to uh, my yes and my no and I, I then ask a series of questions. So if I get yes, I'm like, okay, is it bigger than a bread box? And I, I begin to narrow it down. Sometimes it can, this is where intuition helps uh, because you'll kind of get an intuitive hit of where to go because if it's like the garage and you're getting that there's something negative, it could take a really long time to ferret that out. Um, but again, that's sometimes where my intuition will, will guide me to, um, to what side of the garage is on or, or what it might be so I can narrow those questions down faster. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yes, yes it does. Um would you would you use it well yeah that makes sense. But I, I, I think I might be able to do that. I haven't used a pendulum in a long time but I believe I could. It sounds interesting though. It would be very helpful too. And one thing you can do is like so let's say you have a piece of furniture. And let's say it's from your grandmother and it's in your home and you're like, 
I don't know if this is like, is this affecting the energy in the room? You could literally place the pendulum over it and ask that question. Ah, okay. Great. Thank you. And what kind of pendulum do you have? I'm curious. Do you you have a certain stone on the pendulum? Mine is a labradorite at the end of mine. I'm sorry? Mine happens to be a labradorite at the end of my pendulum. A labradorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen that, John. What about something... you, Elaine? Well, um, is that something? Well, first I was going to ask is that something that it picks you, or do you pick it? <laughs> so to be... uh, mine was gifted to me. Um, so this was given to me, and it's. Um, but I think it could go either way. <laughs> but whatever you're drawn <laughs> to, you know. Basically, a pendulum is, you know, a string with something heavier at the bottom that's going to swing. You know, you could have a string and an acorn. Yeah. Well, I have a uh, tiger eye for one, and the other was, um, I can't think of the name of it right this minute. I can't think of the other name, but but I like the tiger eye. I've always, I've had tiger eye um, jewelry when I was younger, and so I thought that was kind of calling me. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Yeah, if you're called to a stone, right, you should work with that, shouldn't you? Absolutely. That's what I understand. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks well, so thank much for the so call, much. Elaine. Yes, ma'am. Thank you both. This is very interesting and very educational. <laughs> Have a great day, and thanks for taking you my too. call. All right. Well, that was a, an interesting question with the pendulum. I mean, I've played around with pendulums before, but I haven't really used it in you know, that and that kind of setting, you know, and working with feng shui, I've tried using it, you know, asking yes or no questions or, or that kind of thing. But I was interested with the stones because I was good. That was going to be one of my questions to you is, you know, stones or crystals used in mm-hmm. feng shui. And, and you said that you like labradorite. And is there are there certain properties of labradorite that are really useful in feng shui? Well, so what's fascinating about um, crystals. So in I'm going to address this in a couple different ways. In feng shui, every area of the bagua map, so there's nine, like nine little squares, right? Each one is associated with a different element. So the area, the square associated with your career is associated with the water element. Um, The area associated with your fame and reputation, how you want to be seen in the world, is is associated with the fire element. Well, there's three areas that are associated with earth. And that's where I love to put crystals because crystals are earth energy and they help ground us. And so regardless of what crystal it is or what property, like those are super cool to have um, in certain areas of your house. Now, like the relationship area, the element there is earth. And then I like to use rose quartz because the properties of rose quartz are love. So, right, again, like kind those of depending, hearts. Mm-hmm. So you can look at the different, pro- like every crystal has, you know, different properties and just looking at what you want to bring to that area and then finding the corresponding crystal. Right. And what would you do for abundance? You know, a lot of people are trying to, you know, invigorate their jobs or looking for new jobs. I mean, I know a couple of people that unfortunately have lost their jobs due to COVID, you know, and they're, Mm -hmm. they're feeling stuck and really wanting to push forward with that. I mean, is that two different things like, uh, you know, work career and then abundance? 
They are two in the on the Bagua map. There are two different areas. There's an area of the career, and there's an area of um, associated with wealth and abundance. So I'll first let me talk about just that wealth and abundance area, but with the um, caveat that again, sometimes the issue isn't where we think it is. But let's assume let's assume that the area really is in the wealth, and you want your your money to flow. You want to attract more opportunities, receive more. That's a great area. That back left corner of your home is a great space to look for. Again, we're going to start with subtraction, right? That's the for me the biggest way to shift the energy is by letting go of those things that have negative energy. So, do you need to subtract anything in the area? Dead plants right? Um, things that are broken, things that you don't love, things you don't need, things you don't use. Like first, make sure um, those things are cleared out. And then from that area, what do you need to shift? Like, do you have furniture that's really like close together? Like you have too much furniture and too small of a space? Do you need to shift something so the energy can flow around it? And then lastly, what can you add to that space? So in terms of abundance, um, if we're talking crystals, um, citrine and abiturine are great. You can have pictures of like abundant things, things that are growing, plants, like live plants. So plastic plants and fake plants are a big no-no, right? I do not love them. Um, <laughs> if <laughs> I'm a little bit of a plant snob, a little bit of a flower snob, and... Um, I would rather have something alive, but if you can't, for whatever reason, silk is a, a better alternative than plastic. Okay, well, that's that's an option. You know, if some people have a black thumb and are just killing plants, you know, they have some somewhat of an option, but it's always better to have the real thing. So once you have a plant and you've kind of got it nourished, flowing, is that a real positive to bring in more abundance? Yes. Yeah. You can do it again through like living things. Um, you can bring in color. So colors of like blues and greens and purples are all great for that area of your house. And, and then really things that are symbolic to you for abundance, like what symbolizes abundance to you? Cause it always comes back to you and it always comes back what it means to you. So, you know, in, we don't, Denise teaches that there are two rules in feng shui. If it feels good, it's good feng shui. And if it feels bad, it's bad feng shui. So I'm never going to tell you to put a bowl of oranges, which is a, is a great feng shui cure to bring in abundance. I'm not going to tell you to do that if you're like, I hate oranges and I throw up every time I eat one. You know, like, <laughs> we're not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. So no, that would be I'll a good you, idea. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Um, I heard about this um, from a friend who was in a mastermind group with somebody. And this woman said the feng shui master just came over and said that I need to sleep in my bathroom if I'm going to bring more abundance into my business. So the bathroom likely was in her abundance area of her home. And so this feng shui person said she needed to sleep in her bathroom. And, and I was like what like that doesn't even make sense like if you're gonna sleep in your bathroom you're not gonna get a good night's rest and if you don't have a good night's rest how are you gonna work like how are you gonna do your work creatively and and so that would be feng shui gone awry 
so we all... I could see that. Yeah, sleeping in your in your bathtub that that's not probably not the best the best idea. But you know, when when I was reading about feng shui this morning, that I guess there are kind of different schools, and you could have four or five different feng shui practitioners, and they would and it's conceivable could all do something different. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That is absolutely right. And so it's important. I actually, um, it's, I refer to this a little bit with religion, right? That there's, there's many different religions and there's one source, right? And, and so people take different pathways, but it's all the same, you know, it's, it's ultimately one love, whatever that source energy you call. And so like with feng shui, the ultimate goal is to shift the energy so that it flows, it's in harmony. And there are different schools of feng shui that um, that you can, you know, that different people teach from. But I always say pick the one that resonates with you and stick to it. Because what happens is some schools will um, use the compass to orient the Bagua map and some schools use the front door. That can completely throw things off if you speak to one feng shui practitioner and they use the door, the front door, and then another one uses direction, they might be in contradiction with one another. And then you're like, well, wait, this doesn't make sense. But as long as you stick to the school that resonates with you, then you're, you're good. Right? No, that makes sense. I mean, if you're working with something, and it just doesn't feel good, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a good result at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You admit, so you mentioned the dreaded dead plants as something that's a real, you know, energy drain. Are there other things like I'm looking at my desk, you know, what about the mug of messy pens? (laughs) Are there any, are there any other, you know, real viable things that you could walk in and say, okay, you need to get rid of that. Yeah. So it's so funny that you mentioned pens because I use pen. I use that as an example so often. And, and that's where boundaries come into place. Right. And so I have a pen a cup holder and when my, I like adore purple pens and I have a lot of them, but when all of a sudden they're starting to come out, I'm like, all right, I need to go through my pens. I need to declutter some. So, you know, that's one thing. If you have too many things in too small of a space, then I'm going to say, yeah, that's like the energy's not flowing. Right. It doesn't aesthetically feel pleasing. Um, if I see something broken, that's always a big, a big sign to me. Um, so that would be, that would be something um, like the, um, like the dead plants. Um, I've seen people with like front doors. There was somebody recently who had like this, this, like three locks on the front door. And I said, do you use your front door? And they're like, Oh, no, we don't ever go out. And the front door in feng shui is the mouth of chi. It's where energy flows in. And so it was almost like it was so blocked that, you know, fresh new energy couldn't come in. So those are the some of the things I pick up on as well. That's interesting. And, and it's also when when you're doing the map, I read that the front door is important, even if you don't consider it your main door. Like I'm mm-hmm. thinking of my my place is kind of like a weird, it's a flat, basically, everything's just all on one level, but there's stairs that lead to the front door. So that's traditionally the front door. Although more often than not, I'll use the back door because that's closer to where I park my car. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Uh, but I would consider that front door. That's the front. That's the front of the house. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is one of the things that I, I teach all the time is make sure you intentionally open that door. And I'm not saying like it's more convenient to come in the back, right? So if you have to park in the back and walk all the way in the front, you're just going to be annoyed. And that's not good feng shui, right? But like, how can, can you create part of a ritual in the morning where you wake up, you make your coffee, you open the front door and you greet the day? You know, it's like, you know, welcome, welcome to all the opportunities coming into your life that day. So even if it's just a moment of opening, acknowledging the day and then and going on. Right. But somehow creating a routine or a ritual around actually opening that. I like that. I like that idea. I'm going to try that. You know, the last time I was in San Francisco and I went to Chinatown and they have all those cool shops with all this funky stuff. So I went in one and I bought a he's a feng shui frog for abundance with a coin in his mouth. So I've always kept this feng shui frog on a cabinet that's facing the front door with the coin in his mouth. But I haven't seen <laughs> it's not working. So what should I do? Get rid of it? <laughs> yeah, I probably, he said I it was probably would work. try something different. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's because there's lots of, you know, you can open a book and this is partly why you hire a professional, right? You can open a book and you can read different feng shui fixes, but you know, it's, it's one setting the intention and what is it that you want to manifest and what is blocking that and, and looking at, you know, it's not just hanging a red crystal, you know, or a red ribbon. It's not tying a red ribbon here or there. And it's really setting those intentions and then aligning your home with those intentions. And I just, I have a program coming up, actually, that um, I'm launching next month all around called Love Story. And it's like, how can we infuse our homes with love? So that's the energy that we're in, especially these days, right? That we're in our home so much more. And when you look around so that like you're connected to everything, you love everything, um, you value everything. And then that's the energy that we sit in. And then we take that out into the world and share that. Right. And, you know, I bet you're busy now with people. We're going on, what, eight or nine months now where we're kind of sitting around. We're spending a lot more time in our space. A lot of us are working from home for the first time. And where where we are, our surroundings are so important. I mean, have you gotten a lot of calls recently over this year since we've been dealing with COVID of people, you know, look, I need to change something here. <laughs> I'm tired of looking at the same stuff. Yeah, and interesting, I have. I mean, there's definitely been an uptick in business. But what I noticed, it's been more within the last couple months than the first few months. And part of it, you know, part of it's just, we were all trying to wrap our heads around COVID. And, um, but I think a lot, I think in the beginning people had more time and they were like, Oh, I'm just going to declutter. I need to, I'm going to sign up for the decluttering challenge. I'm going to shift some, you know, I'm going to try to organize something. But then I think like, even after that was done, it was like, wow, things still don't feel quite right. And that's when they're like, maybe there's more to this because our homes mirror our lives. And it's when we can see how our home is mirroring our lives, then we know what shifts to make. Then we know what changes to make. So I'm finding more people kind of tapping in now. Yeah. So you say our our homes mirror our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you... I, I would be interested to think or to see what you would think, you know, like when you just walk into someone's place, 
what must you think sometimes? conversation with somebody right because it's it's always from a space of non-judgment and it's not like I mean intuitively I'll pick something up if something feels heavy or not but it's really like hearing about their life and then saying okay this is where you're at this is where you're telling me you're at with your life I see the patterns that keep showing up or you're telling me the patterns that are showing up in your life and then I literally look to see how those patterns show up in your home so I like just I do, I do my own work all the time and my laundry room happens to be associated with uh, my ancestral family area. That's those patterns that get passed down from generation to generation. And uh, in that room, my laundry room, the light wouldn't go like it would go on, but it would flicker and I would have to like turn it off and on a couple times. The washer and dryer kept breaking. There was a, a rip in the linoleum because my husband would pull the washer out to fix it. But long story short, is like everything was broken in that room. It was exhausted. So then I was like, when I noticed everything breaking in there, I was like, oh, well, what, what ancestral family has been passed down or story has been passed down to me? And it's the story that you have to work hard. Like you can't succeed unless things are hard. And my laundry room literally was tired and broken. So then I can recreate that space differently. Wow, that is incredible. I mean, uh, I'm like kind of blown away by what you just said because I've I've had that same that same lesson, you know, drilled into my head. <laughs> Things are hard, you know. You you're going to have to like really work for that buck and I mean, that was something my father drilled into me my whole life, you know, get a job. We're not giving you anything for free and, you know, that kind of thing. So it was always like work, you know, drudgery and that kind of thing. And it's interesting. It was a long time before I even really realized that that belief or pattern. I just thought that's the way it is. You know, you, right. know, you always have to work hard. You know? So, yeah, it's interesting how those kind of things come up, right? Those realizations of old beliefs and patterns that that you've held on to. And so now is that room just kind of humming and everything's working? Oh my gosh. So what happened, like this whole thing started because my business wasn't like I was exhausted in my business. I'm like, I'm so tired and I'm not getting anywhere. Why am I working so hard and not receiving anything? <clears throat> and that's when I went back to, excuse me, my, um, to my house. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's how my mom is. That's how my grandma was. That's how we've all been. And so now I have um, this wallpaper in my laundry room that is orange, this vibrant orange, and it has turtles because I want to be slow and playful. And we have a chandelier in there because we also have money stories that you work hard, but you actually don't make money. Um, and so my husband's like, who has a chandelier in their laundry room? And I'm like, well, we do. <laughs> so, Why not? Yeah, it's a, it's a cool space now. That's so cool. I'm, I'm going to try that. I'm going to look on the map. And you have some great information on your website. I definitely want to drive people over there. SpaceDoula, D-O-U-A.com. And you have a course starting that, that you had just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's so it's course, called Love Like Story. an ongoing thing? Well, it is. It's, it's kind of a hybrid between a membership and an annual program. So there's two options. Um, you can join monthly or you can join for the whole year. And there's bonuses if you do the whole year. But it's a way to actually look at every area of your life, like fall in love with every area of your life using your home as a catalyst. And it's a way, you know, like we're, we're exhausted, right? Like 2020 kicked, like, I think I can say all of our butts, right? I don't know oh, yeah. many people who are like, oh yeah, 2020 was so fun. 
And so this is a way to be in a really slow, intentional, like playful, fun way to every month look at a different area of your house and be like, okay, what's the pattern here? What do I want to shift? How can I infuse this space with more love? So that's, yeah, that's love story. Wow, that sounds really cool. Maybe if Elaine is still listening, she might want to check it out because she seemed interested in feng shui process and changing some things up. So check it out on Darina's site, Space Doula. That's such a cool name. How did you come up with that, the Space Doula? I actually did it. Um, and let me actually, there's um, there is a coming soon. So if anybody wants information about Love Story, they can go to it's actually spacedoula.com backslash love dash story dash list. Um, and so that will bring you to then you'll get all the information about it that as it uh, launches. But um, Space Doula was gifted to me uh, by none other than my son's karate um, instructor. And he asked me what I did. And I told him, he's like, oh, so you're a space doula? And I was like, huh? And then I was like, yeah, I think that actually, I, that's what I do. I hold space um, and help people like create their dreams, right? To manifest their dreams. And I hold space um, for them to do that uh, by using their space as well to, to, help them, to help them align with their dreams. Wow, that's so cool. So then you said, hey, I'm stealing that. And <laughs> it's my business. He said, great, you could have it. No, I, I love yeah, that I just, kind of ideas. He just threw it out. He was just like, oh, so I guess you're a space doula. And it's actually, um, it took a long time because of COVID, but it is now an official trademark. Wow. Congratulations. See, some, some good things can come out of this, you know, weird time that we're in a lot of incubation, a lot of great ideas, you know, things coming to fruition. So, you know, hopefully as we're moving through the rest of this year and, you know, shaking off all of that's going on and we can look ahead, you know, to 2021 and, and things are going to get better. They are. It's like, I sound like I'm, I'm convincing myself, you know, no, it is. I, I, I know, I know it will. I'm, I'm very, I'm very confident. But it's been so cool to talk with you. Our time's kind of rolling up here, but I do hope people go and check out your site and check out the course and get to move in some space around, you know, move, move some things around. And can people send you emails and, and reach you through the site with their questions? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, through my site, there's a space you can sign up. Like if you want to have a short conversation, we can do that about like, what's the best way to work together. Um, or there's a space where you can, you can email as well. Perfect. Well, Darina, it's been so fun to talk with you, the space doula, and I wish you a lot of success in the future. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. 
part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.